0: 28 baptisms. Can we give it up one more time? That is awesome. Look, if you weren't here last week, our church family got to witness people's lives being transformed through baptism. And if you're brand new here in the building or online, first off, just want to say what's up. Welcome. Super thankful you all have joined us today. And if you're trying to find out what this church body loves and believes in, Yo, that video showed it right there. It's life transformation through the saving power of Jesus Christ. That's it. Amen. Amen. So I guess now's a good time to introduce myself. My name is Alan. I'm one of your pastors here. If you've been hanging out with us since the beginning of January, you know that we've built our entire year of teaching uh, to this guy. His name uh, that we see right here, his name is Jesus. We're talking about his character, his values, his vision, And starting today, for the next six weeks, we'll be having conversations about his kingdom. Uh, Listen, fam, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge movie buff. So instead of writing a normal description for like these few teachings we're going to have, I actually wrote one of those, you know, movie trailer voiceovers. uh, But I was too scared to ask the staff if we could actually make a movie trailer for it. But I have it written down, so I'm just going to do it for you. I'm going to recite it in my movie trailer voice. Y'all ain't ready for this. Uh, Here we go. In a world where the powerful empires of guilt, shame, loneliness, anxiety, death, and darkness exist, God sent his son Jesus to tell us about a mysterious kingdom of light that reigns supreme. A kingdom where life can be lived more abundantly with a king who provides hope for all time. Where is this place? Who is this king? Though... Through the storytelling from a simple carpenter from a small town, Jesus teaches us all about this upside-down kingdom and its secrets, coming April 23rd. Witness, all right, I'm done. That's, that's too much. My wife's over there being like, okay, let's, let's calm it down. Uh, look, some call it a teaching series. Here at Whitewater, we call them conversations. So, in the next six weeks, we'll be having some in depth conversations about this mysterious, weird, backwards, upside down kingdom that Jesus based his whole ministry around. In Matthew 13, 11 through 13, Jesus says, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have, it will be taken away from them. That is why I use parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. So in the dictionary, the word parable is described as a short, fictitious story that illustrates a moral attitude or a religious principle. I look at it as Jesus trying to explain to us divine things with human language. Storytelling is not only an effective way of teaching, it's a method of communicating that helps us relate to each other, it stimulates our senses, and it helps us make emotional connections. Fam, that's why stories in the Bible are like the cheese on top of a coney at Skyline. It's overflowing with goodness. So today, we're going to start off our conversations with two small parables that can make a huge impact on the way we live our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. Uh, Use me as your vessel to deliver this word to your people. And Father God, we ask for your goodness in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody, let's turn our Bibles and Bible apps over to Matthew 13, 31 through 34. Uh, Let's read this together. Here we go. Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast, or leaven, a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Now, Here's the thing. One of the things I love about Jesus is he can just say a few words, but they have a lot of wisdom and can be applied in multiple ways. As we break down the verses separately, I want to give you what he's saying in it about the kingdom of heaven as a whole and how the verse applies to us as its citizens. So we're going to start off with the first line. Jesus teaches us that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Now, my dream has always been to be a farmer. Actually, that's not true. I've been Googling seeds a lot lately, and now all I want to wear are overalls and plaid shirts for some reason. But I want to show you what I learned about the mustard seed and why Jesus uses it as an illustration. Because to my surprise, mustard ain't just a relish on a hot dog. Now, number one, the very first thing I learned about the mustard seed is what Jesus tells us about it. He says it is the smallest of all seeds. Now, I don't want to call Jesus out, uh, but The mustard seed is actually not the smallest of all seeds, especially not now, not in the case for us here. But back in Jesus's day, in the region he lived in, the mustard seed was the smallest. And if you think about Jesus's ministry, it started with himself, 12 disciples, some like other people, and that's it. Pretty small, right? Compare that to when one of those disciples, Peter, preaches to the residents of Jerusalem and then 3,000 were baptized that day. The kingdom of heaven started out as one dude from a small town called Nazareth, and 2,000 years later, it's made its way across the ocean into cities like Chicago, New York, and Cincinnati. It ain't small anymore. In the Old Testament, there was a man named Abram uh, who couldn't have any biological kids of his own, but yet God took him outside and said, Genesis 15, 5, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you'll have. Check this out. NASA says there are at least 100 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. And Abram, or Abraham, ends up becoming the father of the Jewish faith, which Christianity descended from. God literally turned one man into a galaxy of believers. So in the context of his ministry, Jesus wanted his followers to know that this kingdom wasn't meant for just his little small band of uh, misfits. He wanted them and us to baptize people in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And look, whether it's a simple guy named Abraham, some fisherman from Galilee, a kid shepherd named David, or a young teenager named Mary, God has always entrusted the good news to spread through the people the world considered small. And if you've ever been made to feel small in your life, I want to tell you that in his upside-down kingdom, the small are not considered weak, they're considered strengthened. Those who are humble will be exalted, and small stones could take down big giants. First Corinthians one twenty-six through twenty-seven says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things that the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who think they are powerful. So please don't ever forget that when given to God, small voices have powerful influences. Number two. So the second thing I learned about the mustard seed, it's a plant that spreads. And I know what you're thinking because I thought it too when I read it. Uh, I thought Jesus said it was a tree. Now, let me get science-y on you. The mustard seed doesn't actually grow into a categorical tree, but more like a a massive plant or a bush, specifically between 6 to 20 feet high with a 20-foot spread. So I can understand, looking at that, that Jesus would say, yeah, that's, that's basically a tree. But check this out. Agriculturalists also call mustard an invasive plant. Y'all ever heard about this? The Spruce.com says that invasive plants are a non-native species that show a tendency to spread out of control. So compared to its tiny size as a seed, the mustard transforms into something massive that spreads. The kingdom of heaven is not native to this earth, but it was always meant to spread all over it. And if we apply this to you and me, it's not necessarily the size of the tree, but the potential of growth for the seed. That's you and me. As a citizen of the kingdom, there is a divine potential for massive growth in our lives that spreads if, if we are planted in the right soil. So, the seed of a kind act for a neighbor sets up the potential for a beautiful friendship. The seed of an I love you every morning to your kids sets up their potential to be a loving adult. The seed of knowing that you were made in the image of God sets up the potential for a confident yet humble self-value that is rooted in the person of Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Y'all, everything starts with a seed, including the good and the bad. Because if Jesus isn't at the root of our lives, then the enemy can plant seeds of darkness that block our path to the kingdom instead of carrying us to it. I mean, you know the ones. Check this out. Seeds of gossip turn into plants of disunity. Seeds of doubt turn into plants of depression. Seeds of abuse turn into plants of trauma. Even Master Yoda says, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Yo, what kind of seeds are you planting in your heart and heart, in your thoughts? Because Jesus, says, Jesus is saying that if you're going to plant a mustard seed of something in your heart, plant a little bit of faith. To our new family members who just got baptized last week, I hope you know that your gigantic potential for life transformation here on earth began with that mustard seed of faith you professed in that water. Which is the third thing I want to bring up about the mustard seed. Jesus used it as another way to illustrate our faith. In Luke 17, 6, he teaches his disciples... If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. In Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So check this out. There's a moment in scripture where Jesus and his disciples got onto a boat to cross a lake, uh, everything was all rainbows and sunshine until suddenly a fierce, raging storm bullied their boat with ridiculous high winds and crashing waves. What's funny is that Jesus was asleep, but the disciples got anxious, woke him up, and said, "Lord, save us! We're going to drown!" But Jesus responded, Matthew 8:26, "Why are you so afraid? You have so little faith." So he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and as suddenly as it started. The water became calm. So just so I know who's still paying attention, I want to ask, how much faith did Jesus say the disciples had? Little. How much faith did Jesus say we need to have to move mountains? That's right. All I'm saying is that Jesus recognized that the disciples had faith the size of something small, and he got them through the storm. They were afraid, but they had faith. They weren't expecting that Jesus would stop the storm completely, but that he would at least save them from drowning. How many know it's not about the size of your faith, but to whom you have faith in, right? Pastor David Guzik says, when ice skating, it is far better to have uh, small faith on thick ice than great faith on thin ice. Our small faith in so great a Savior can accomplish great things. So what I'm trying to say is it's okay to have small faith as long as, as it's in Jesus Christ. But let's be clear. Yeah, you can give it up for that. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it's good. But let's be clear. I want to acknowledge that some of us here are saying, well, dang, these days it kind of seems like my faith is smaller than a mustard seed. And to you, I want to say, good. Because your faith has the capacity to be bigger than King Kong, Godzilla, and the Power Rangers Megazord combined but it still takes time to grow. And look, I ain't never been a plant before, so I can't speak about what they experience when they start to sprout, expand, and stretch to be like a bigger shape. But I do remember as a young preteen uh, going from 12 to 13, how much my body ached as I grew 12 inches in one summer. It was rough. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's experienced the reality of growing pains. And honestly, the TV show was way less painful. The spiritual pains you experience as a Jesus follower brings you closer into becoming the kingdom citizen God has always called you to be. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing so that space between your mustard seed faith and that giant tree it becomes is the window god uses to show you how powerful he is how much he deserves the glory and how much he deserves the praise because growth for your own growth sake becomes meaningless without understanding jesus's mission becoming a better version of you just for you doesn't fulfill the incredible calling on your life that god has planned he sent his only son to have pain for us Jesus to die on the cross so that all of us here on earth could be reconciled to him regardless of our mistakes our past and our sins so trust me your growing pain has a purpose in the same way that Jesus's pain had a purpose your growth is an important part of growth for the kingdom of heaven because after Jesus left he gave us the honor of continuing his mission to save the world through spreading the gospel that small faith that you have to endure the pains of this world shows others how big our God is And I don't know, you know, I don't know what story you have. I don't know exactly all the details about the trauma or the illnesses or the situation that's causing pain in your life right now. And even if you're mad at God about it, if you can have at least a mustard seed amount of trust that Jesus can use this moment for good, then you're in the pocket of where the Holy Spirit can speak. This chapter of your life has a cool ending because we have an amazing God who cares deeply right now. All I'm asking as your brother is for you to endure the growing pains. Because Jesus says that the mustard seed can grow into a tree where birds can make a nest in its branches, right? Here's the thing about trees. They give birds a place to rest. Trees provide birds a place to find comfort. And sometimes trees can help save a bird's life. In the kingdom of heaven, your growth through Jesus could save someone else's life. The kingdom's secret here is that your mustard seed side's faith can help feed like thousands of people who are looking for that bread of hope. Jesus also says that the kingdom of heaven, Matthew uh, 13, 33, is like yeast or leaven, a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Fam. In every situation, in every workplace, in every friend group, in every movie theater, in every Chuck E. Cheese, a little bit of Jesus goes a long way. And you may be thinking, how could I possibly represent Jesus where I'm at? But it's like what we've been talking about all along. When you show a little bit of kindness, a little bit of care, a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of positivity, and a little bit of intention, God's love will work through you to permeate the place where He's placed you. God. Is a God of multiplication and did y'all notice that in this you know little um, scripture that we're reading there's a little bit of arithmetic in the scripture yeah yeah check this out it says little bit of yeast plus three measures of flour equals lots of bread and yo I ain't gonna lie to you I thought that I could figure out the math about how much bread you can make with three measures of flour but I was quickly reminded of how bad of an Asian I am so I just looked it up author Anna Maeve O'Donnell writes one measure of flour is not equivalent to one cup actually scholars estimate that three measures of flour would yield 40 to 60 pounds of dough that's crazy one pound of flour yields approximately one loaf of bread so so this single woman is baking 60 individual or five dozen loaves of bread which is estimated to feed about a hundred people that's wild So in a culture of spiritual famine that we're in, we need the Holy Spirit to be present in as many communities as possible. And you know what's awesome? The Holy Spirit lives inside me and you. Which means that the small seeds of faith, love, joy, generosity, and kindness that God has placed in us can help feed hundreds, if not thousands of people spiritually and physically. Right now, uh, I just want our pastor friend Russ to explain that a bit further, so check out this video.
1: In Jesus' story that we're walking through today, the woman uses just a tiny amount of leaven and it eventually saturates all of the dough and makes a delicious loaf of bread. Like her, as a generous church, even our small investments can go a long way. Your gifts today can help feed those who are hungry, both physically and spiritually, throughout the community and throughout our city. As you know, we are a church that takes following Jesus seriously. We want to be people who are being trained by Jesus to be like him and to do what he does. That's why we provide opportunities to help us grow and follow him like CIY summer camps for students and the summit series that we're calling Surrendered that's happening right now on Thursday nights here in our building. Today's story and those that follow in the coming weeks are all stories that Jesus tells us about what he calls the kingdom of heaven. It's his favorite topic. And the thing about a kingdom is this, you can't have one without a king and Jesus is that king. For the next four weeks, we're exploring what it means to have him as our king. So if you are hungry for more of Jesus in your life, this is your official invitation. Come join us. And thank you to anyone who is already giving financially. And if you haven't yet, please consider being a part of our giving community by scanning the QR code on your screen or by visiting our website. Somebody say, I have small faith,
0: but a big God. Yeah, that's good. Got a big God. Uh, Y'all remember the the parable of Jack and the Beanstalk? You remember that? I don't know about you, but I want my mustard seed to grow so high that it reaches heaven. I want to remind you that the mustard seed of your faith has the potential to break spiritual strongholds in your families. It has the power to bring unity in your communities and has the authority to bring about mountains of change wherever you speak the mighty name of Jesus. The kingdom's secret here is that when God is the one tilling the soil of your heart, that mustard seed ain't nothing but a shell housing an explosion of light, love, and faith. And if I could plant a little bit of hope in you today, it's to have faith. So let's all stand in prayer. Father, thank you for showing us the secret of the mustard seed through your word. Help us to realize today and this week that whatever storms may come, you recognize our little faith in you. And you use it for your glory. Allow our faith to grow stronger in you. Be with us through the growing pains and help us to be in community together. Jesus, 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 help us be rooted in you so that you don't just see a few trees in your kingdom, but you see a whole garden. A garden that's full of life. A garden that spreads. A garden that can feed many and a garden that pleases you. Help us to please you today, Father. And it's in Jesus' name that all of God's people said, amen.